Oh, I must get some shoes today for my plates of meat. Oh, rubbish, isn't it? Cockney rhyming slang. Nobody ever spoke like that. Even Cockneys never spoke like that. They just didn't say it. It was made up to sell Mary Poppins. All right, Mary Poppins up on the roof. Go away, Bert. Go away. It's just rubbish, all this apples and pears lark. You know, why use two words when one will do? So I don't believe a word of it. I've never heard anybody, anybody using Cockney rhyming slang. I've heard people speaking badly, but, I mean, that's just generally the state of education in this country. But, unfortunately, Cockney rhyming slang, load of old rubbish. Talking of a load of old rubbish, old Kerry Coke toner. Uh, the pl- oh, what did I say yesterday? They said, oh, the police will be investigating. No, they're not. She goes to the police station in a, a very smart Mercedes. Not bad for uh, a woman without a job, is it? And uh, with that plank of a husband. Oh, what a naff person. I stupidly watched the television first thing this morning as I was getting ready. And there were two programmes which just intrigued me. Firstly, there was one about uh, Kerry Katona, and it was something about crazy in love. What a vacuous life she leads. Totally vacuous. I've never seen it before, because I think it's on MTV. And so I've never seen it. I mean, I know, I know all about her, quite clearly. But uh, at one point, Plank Mark, who appears to have had no job ever, and quite clearly comes from, let's just call it the wrong side of the tracks, is uh, in their kitchen. And what he does for a living, I've got no idea. Sponges off her, I should imagine, because she's got no money. And he's got no money. And yet they have a collection of cars. Their house, incidentally, in Cheshire is naff. You know when they call it a mansion? It's real naff. It's real naff. I mean, it's real, you know. Up there, it's probably considered posh, but um, believe you me, it's naff. Anyway, so Mark, at some point, because he's, he's, he's just an idiot. I mean, he, can, he can't string t- two words together. Uh, she's not in the real world anyway. You know, bipolar or whatever, by rubbish as far as I'm concerned. And, and so he goes, I think, I think we're going to leave this place and go down south. And so they turn up. In, well, first of all, they actually go to Max Clifford's house when Max Clifford was handling her. And he's, he's got a big house, which he's had for years and years and years. And then they go and look at this other house. You can see the estate agent's jaw dropping when this two old things turn up. She's wearing her rug boots. And uh, the estate agent's going, and here's this. And Mark, the husband, is going, yeah, and, and yeah, it's, got, yeah, it's all right. This is two and a half million quid. Bearing in mind, they haven't got any money. So they're doing the whole sham of trying to pretend, you know, cons, as far as I call it. And at one point, they're, they're in the cinema downstairs in this house, which is just an empty basement room with a screen at the end. And she goes, it's bigger than our one, babe, at home, isn't it? And he goes, no, it's our stuff's much better than this. And she goes, no, it's not. And he goes, believe me, babe, our stuff is a lot better than, the, than what's in here. So we get all this kind of stuff going on. And then she turns around and she says, stop being so big-headed. And I thought, that kind of sums you up, Mark. You are a plank. Mind you, love, I tell you, it won't last much longer. But anyway, she goes to the police station. She's allowed to park in a place that's reserved for, for police vehicles. She obviously thinks she's some big deal. Uh, she takes in a lawyer who we're paying for on legal aid. She turns up in a Mercedes, excuse me. I tell you, I wouldn't... Well, of course she's getting legal aid. Well, she, well, she, she had a lawyer that she's not charged with anything. The police just went, you've been a naughty girl. You know, can we have our picture taken with you? And it's a you know, signed autograph kind of thing. And so that was it. And she's, and she's now, apparently, she was, she was crying and everything else. But there again, I mean, she's cracks anyway. You know, she's completely off a trolley, I'm afraid. And so, uh, as somebody said in one of the papers today, please, God, I can be bankrupt soon. I want to drive around in a super new Mercedes. I want to go in there and take cocaine. I want to do all this. It shouldn't do anything. Complete waste of space. So anyway, so she's in the paper today. And I did read, and I can't find it. I can't find the story, which I read on the television last night, about Jade Goody's mum suing a newspaper for invasion of privacy at the funeral. 
And I thought, that's a bit of a nod. So we'll, we'll see if we can find that one a little bit later. And do you remember the Muslim model sentenced to caning for drinking alcohol has been granted a temporary reprieve? Um, she had challenged the authorities to give her the six lashes in public, because that's what they do. If, if you're Muslim and you're caught drinking, and don't for an instant think that a lot of Muslims don't drink, because they do drink. It's just that you have to do it secretly. You can't be seen to be doing it publicly. So there are loads of drinking places in the East End, don't ask me how I know this, where young Muslim boys and girls go to drink alcohol. It's as simple as that. In fact, there was a woman on Come Dine with me a short while ago. You must remember it. It was the classic, where they go round and she says, because I'm Muslim, I don't serve alcohol. We don't have alcohol, so it's all fruit juices. They go to the corner of her room. What's she got? Champagne, wine. And she goes, I know, I don't know what to do with it. She says, people keep giving it to us. I thought, don't they know you're Muslim? So we were a little bit dubious over her. But anyway, all of that. And uh, on Ronnie Biggs, is still alive. There's me thinking he'd be dead by now, but no, still alive. Bernard Madoff could be dead soon. You know the man who ripped off people for millions and millions and billions and billions in America? He's apparently got some terminal disease, so uh, we wish him the worst, which is good news, isn't it? That's especially all those people who lost millions of pounds with him, lots of very famous people. And he was the... Um, the man who said, oh, well, I'll invest it for you, make a fortune. And it was the biggest scam going. He took it all, went to prison, I think, the rest of his life, which could be quite short. Today, I have an offer for you. Not, not many offers on the programme, but the one today, because I'm feeling in a particularly chipper mood. Why? Because it's payday, and we love payday. And also, the weather was wrong yesterday. Richard Hake here is also trying to persuade us to buy property in Dubai for some reason. He's obviously got sort of his eye on some investment. He's saying to me, put your money in property in Dubai. And, and he starts producing a folder of all the properties that he's got available and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't like this idea. I said, you're loaded, you, aren't you? Anyway, so he just winks, you know, in his little way, which he does. And uh, so he told us yesterday it was going to rain. Blow me down. It didn't. I don't know what he said for today. We'll, we'll, we'll find out, I think, in, uh, in a minute. And uh, what does it say? Let's have, let's see, no, he hasn't actually done the weather yet. So as soon as it gets up there... Oh, Charlotte's done the weather. Charlotte done the weather. What, what does she say for the weather? Here we go. Plenty of sunshine, cloud building up, outbreaks of rain. There you go. <laughs> Same as yesterday. So I said to people yesterday, take your umbrellas. because everybody takes their umbrellas, because people follow the Steve Allen LBC advice, and it doesn't blow well rain, does it? So don't take a big umbrella, take a little tiny umbrella. But in fact, under my umbrella is the Steve Allen bog-off for today. It's a Sony Vio laptop. We've gone crackers for these. We must have found a lorry load of them. I'll tell you, we had an Acer laptop yesterday. We had another one on... Sunday it was a Dell. Today I've got a Sony Vio. Don't tell anybody for God's sake. I don't know where we're getting these things from. It's all a bit knocked off. Anyway, so it's a Sony Vio laptop. Can be yours. Uh, finished at six o'clock. The good news is that on this programme this morning, it's bog off. All right, you can all bog off on this one. So it's buy one, get one free. Very small and light, preloaded with Windows Vista. Very nice indeed. Don't need to tell you about the name Sony. It stands for quality and excellence, and you can only get it on this programme today. So it's bog off. So... If you want to bid for my Sony Vio laptop, the lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. OK, auction closes at 6pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble 821. OK, so LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to treble 821. Every second bid between now and seven is free will cost you nothing. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm, Tuesday the 25th, which is today. Uh, you've got to be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Don't forget, you've got to use your free ones up by 7. My advice is, get them in as quick as possible. So if you want to make 20 bids, you get 20 
free bits. OK, if you want to make 50, you get 50 free bits. It's a special Steve Allen offer, and it's all for you today. Why? Because you're under my umbrella, and I love you. It's M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Spells Steve Allen. If, of course, you're dyslexic. Uh, it doesn't spell anything at all, really. And I love the... Steve! 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 Alan! 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 It's on YouTube. Which we've turned it... Well, I didn't turn it around. Somebody else has turned it around and put it up there. And I think it's very good. And this is the... Uh, whatever they call it. They're not meerkats. They're something else. It, but it, on, the, on the television, it starts off with Alan, Alan, Alan. And then it goes Steve's. It's so funny. It's so funny. I can't remember what it... It's advertising a wildlife programme. It's really, really good. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, I missed the evening standard yesterday, so I always love wandering into the studio to quickly pick it up to find out what's going on in the world. Good news that you can't get uh, Gordon Brown, for he is our Prime Minister, to say anything about Libya or Colonel Gaddafi. It was only the other month he was over there. And we're all going, have you met him since? Oh, I can't comment on that. Well, you talked about Susan Boyle and Jade Bloomin' Goody. Why don't you want to talk about something that affects the country and Libya? There's something going on here. There's something not right. I was discussing this with some friends yesterday, and we all came to the conclusion, well, I did, uh, that there's something going on. I reckon they did a deal, because I don't believe, I have no evidence to support this whatsoever, that Mr McGrahy committed it. I just really don't. And in fact, even one of the... Uh, victim's father has said exactly the same. A number of people have come out and said it. I'm not adding to a conspiracy theory. I think that what happens is Libya puts the, this guy... Listen, you did it, all right? You did it. OK, you go into prison. We will look after your family. OK, after a suitable period of time, we'll say you've got some illness or something and you'll be out on compassionate grounds, OK? In the meantime, because this is quite normal... OK, we will have an agreement with the government. They, they're they going to look for somebody. They don't want it to drag on forever. So what we'll say is you've got prostate cancer. Or you haven't got very much longer to live. To be honest with you, in a few months' time, you'll have forgotten about him. He will disappear within the country and he'll be with his family. And Because you'd think, you know, that this, this there's something going on. This isn't just... This isn't right. There's something not quite right here. It's either the huge deals that we've done with Libya over the oil... Or this thing was agreed a long while ago. They wanted somebody. They couldn't find the person, because you never can, can you? You can't even find uh, Al-Qaeda. So why on earth do you think you're going to find the bomber of the Lockerbie flight? But you put this bloke up, the family get paid loads of money, and, uh, and they just carry on the lifestyle. The British government, OK, now, OK, now, he's got this dreadful... Compassionate grounds, off he goes. Everybody happy, except the British press. And the British press will then sort of hunt them down, and they'll find out all sorts of stuff about it. But I bet you anything, he disappears into the country. And, uh, and you'll all forget about it. Let's face it, Ronnie Biggs was dying more than a month ago. Still living, ladies and gentlemen, still living in a care home. And well done to Barnet residents for paying half the, uh, the money for him. Good for you. Bit of a shame, though, as well, that as the uh, Strictly Come Dancing programme starts gathering momentum, the latest sap, sorry, um, leading celebrity to sign for it, is Joe Kalzaki, the boxer. Obviously, apparently, according to one of his relatives, he's a bit light on his feet. Don't tell me he's gay as well. I couldn't cope with this at all. Because that's an expression for being gay, isn't it? Somebody's a bit light on their feet. And a <laughs> odd thing to say about him. So Joe Kalzaki obviously can't get arrested because, as you'll discover, he's not got the best personality in the world. When you see him, he's dancing. And there was rumour, as I say, that uh, Anne Widdicombe was going to be on there. I just couldn't find anybody to get their arms around her waist. But anyway, that's uh, because you've got to get around the floor. And I think the only way you get Anne around the floor would be on casters. It's, I think she'd have to do a Todd Carty sailing off into the wings, which I think would be quite funny. But there again, I think most things peculiar are funny. It's uh, quarter past five. <laughs> 
These are the headlines. Michael Jackson's death's being reported as a homicide. It's understood forensic tests show the singer received a fatal cocktail of drugs to treat insomnia before his death. A criminal investigation started into the treatment of terror suspects in the US after CIA agents threatened to kill a man's children. And a legal blunder 25 years ago means retailers can't be prosecuted for selling 18-rated video or computer games to children. Dozens of prosecutions for alleged breaches of the 1984 Video Regulation Act have been dropped. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Can't be much going on out there, can there, I suppose? But if he can find it, believe you me, it's been a treasure hunt some days for (laughs) Hugh Broom. It's one of those this morning, you're not wrong. It's it's August, most of... London's on holiday, I think. 7.3. Certainly is. 17 minutes past five. God, I'm feeling in a good mood today. God. <gasps> Almost too embarrassing. Uh, no Alan Dodgen today, I'm afraid. He's, uh, he's having a day in bed. The Botox has not settled properly in his face, and it's all gone a bit to one side. So in a little bit like Amanda Holden did on the television the other day. Uh, Kevin says good morning to one and all at LBC Towers. Oh, apparently the woman without the alcohol was a Hindu, not Muslim. Well, either way, they don't drink alcohol, so it doesn't make any difference what she was. She could have been Chinese, as far as I was concerned. Actually, she she did something like 33 dishes. And I did watch Come Down with me last night. She was Muslim, yeah. Yeah, she was Muslim. Yes. Can Hindus drink? We think Hindus can drink. Anyway, she was Muslim. She told us she was Muslim. Stop lying. Stupid old woman. Honestly, I can't believe it. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Samantha Janice Morning. Story we reported yesterday that her uh, father was found hanged. That's, that's an odd story, isn't it? A very strange story there. Although he didn't feature in her wedding pictures. He went to the wedding, but he didn't feature in the pictures. Apparently, uh, due to her intervention, OK Magazine said she had editorial control, which, believe you me, with OK Magazine must be a first. Because normally they, they decide what wedding pictures they actually put in. Oh, look, Jerry Halliwell's here. And uh, she's out here. She's been very busy, actually. She's now in Sardinia with her boyfriend. Jerry Halliwell's 190. He's 12. And uh, so they've done loads of things. They've been on holiday together, skiing in the French Alps. They've been, so in other words, expect the relationship to finish very shortly. Because she's got bucker all to talk about, I'm afraid. Apart from, she used to be a Spice Girl, and she was the one who wandered off, and she, she's, she's a bit cracked as well, I'm afraid. She's not all there. So that one won't last. It normally lasts until they go, oh, God, there's not much to you, is there? You're a bit, bit vacuous, I'm afraid. So here she is. They say she's showing how it is to juggle a man and a career. We talk about the same, but what career? Jerry Halliwell career. Who writes this rubbish? There is, there is no career for Jerry Halliwell. No Halliwell. There's this woman in the paper today... Susan Etock, who, who reckons she's known Michael Jackson for 21 years. That would make her 12 when she met him. And apparently, um, she, she says... I don't believe a word she said. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just... I'm very cynical about... I've never even heard of this woman before. But she's uh, started to come out in all the papers. Obviously, her little five minutes. And uh, he apparently became hooked on the idea of a fourth child. He badgered her for seven months, the last time, weeks before he died. I've never even heard of you, love. Never Mind you, people come out and say all sorts. They're mainly a bit, you know, simple, aren't they, and something like that. And she says here, Michael tried to convince me. He said it would be the perfect child. Why? Why would it be the perfect... It's a load of old hooey, I'm afraid. Don't believe a word of it. Of course, the, the interesting thing is, she can't prove it. And uh, he's dead, so you can say anything you like. I mean, he used to phone me all the time. He used to phone me all the time. Hi, Steve. And Mike, not now, mate. Not now. I'm busy, all right? Just open a bottle of Chardonnay. Call you later. Bye. Put the phone. Can't be bothered to talk to him. He just rambled on, you know. Ben, that, and we don't do calls anyway. I'd say to him, listen, get, phone, phone James Whale later on. Don't, don't bother us now, Mike. I'll phone you at home later, OK? We'll have a little chat. He never mentioned this woman once to me. Never once. 
I see that Katie Price's lover, there we go, look, 20 minutes into the programme and she, the old bag gets a mention. Uh, she's out there. He's uh, said he's fallen for her. Head over heels. He apparently tells her he loves her 50 million times a day. Let me just warn you now, Katie. I warn you now, OK? You heard it first on Steve Allen's show. He's going to sell you down the river. OK? I guarantee it. They all, you know, everybody will get their little piece of flesh from you. And he's always wanted to be famous. Unfortunately, you can't trust a man wearing sandals. I'm sorry, sandals are a little bit, you know, even for a cage fighter, not a very good cage fighter, it has to be said, a little bit puffy. OK, just what I tell you that. We know he lives with mummy because he's made no money and you're a bit of a meal ticket. And if you can't see it, you're even more stupid than I thought you were in the first place. And another one here. This is, oh, I love this bloke. I love this bloke. They're trying to find him. I'm not sure if it's a made-up story. I trust the Antiques Roadshow because I do like it. Uh, he bought... Uh, a piece of glassware. He'd spent a £1,000 on it. So he turns up at the Antiques Roadshow and the expert looks at it and goes, right, how much do you pay for it? He goes, £1,000. He says, you know what it is? He said, I know exactly what it is. He said, it's an olive oil bottle from Tesco's, 2008. And the bloke goes, what? They go, it's an olive oil bottle bought from Tesco's. It's about 2008. Now, Fiona Bruce has told this story. They're obviously coming up to the new series of The Roadshow. And she said that it would have made great television, but it was too cruel. The guy was devastated, so we're not going to show it. Well, unless you show it, we don't believe you. Because I think you've just made up a story to try and get it going. You show us. You show us that on the table. You can blank his face out. But you show us that bloke turning up with an olive oil bottle. Go on. Go on. Do it. Because otherwise people can call you fibsy. And that's not very... That's Cockney rhyming slang for you liar, OK? You fibsy. You go, you're a fibsy, aren't you? <laughs> Dyslexic Cockney rhyming slang. Doesn't actually mean anything at all. Fibsy. I just made it up now. I think it's quite a good word, actually. I quite like it. So, old Richard Hakey is where that's coming up. Jackanory, Jackanory. And it says today, oh, wait a minute, it says exactly the same. More outbreaks of rain, widespread showers, except in most northern parts. Quick, move up north. Quick, 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 quick. There's no rain up there. Tonight, dry and fine. Oh, speedos. Cloudy, but dry after midnight. Who cares? The low 14 centigrade. Tomorrow, cloudy and breezy with occasional light rain or drizzle. A high of 22 degrees. God, I tell you, I don't believe it. Yesterday was actually a really, really nice day. A really, really nice day. Good for Craig Revel Horwood. He says Alicia Dixon will be no match for Arlene Phillips. He's absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'm sorry. I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she's lovely. But to be honest with you, <laughs> Arlene Phillips for me, because she's the uh, she's the star. She is the star, as far as I'm concerned. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot uk. Sue Carroll's coming in to do the papers this morning. She's talking about Anne Robinson. And uh, she says her fresh new look is down to good lighting, not another, not another facelift. Why would she say that, says Sue. Any woman prepared to lay bare the wreckage of her alcoholic past, because you know Anne Robinson's an alcoholic. And uh, why would you not tell the truth about a little nip and tuck? You know, it, it, it seems, it makes perfect sense to me, that, you know, people generally now come out and say, yes, I've had a facelift. I don't believe this is lighting. I don't believe it is. I mean, unless it's a little filler or something. I mean, she's 64. The trouble is, she doesn't look like a 64-year-old. And the trouble is now, because of Botox and fillers and facelifts and removal of this and insertion of that and drag this back here, you've got no idea what a 64-year-old is supposed to look like. My grandmother, 
my, on my father's side, looked like a grandmother should. She didn't... I shouldn't imagine she'd used a pot of cream in her life. In her life, ladies and gentlemen. Because, you know, she might have used a little bit of lipstick. And that would have been it. She certainly wouldn't have ever used eyeshadow or anything like that. A little bit of lipstick, perhaps a little bit of rouge, and that would have been it. And my grandmother on my mother's side, exactly the same. Perhaps a bit of powder. Nowadays, you get people go... I mean, June Brown, who's going to be on In Conversation this week, she's 82. I mean, I don't know what she's on, but she looks fantastic for 82. But there again, I'm not sure what people are supposed to look like now. You know, when somebody says, I'm 82, I mean, your immediate response is, you should be dead. Because that's the kind of, you know, and you don't want to say, well, my God, you, you know, you don't look your age. Because I don't know what you're supposed to look like at 82. I've got no idea. So Anne Robinson at 64, you know, she's got her hair highlighted. And, you know, I mean, whether or not that's done it, I don't know. But, I mean, it is an age-defying face, because I think if you're on television, people kind of get a bit worried about the way they look. They think, I, mean, I, I want to look young. And so people go, well, it's very difficult to look young without having a little, little surgery. So they go, I'll have a little bit of surgery. It's a bit like Davy Boy Beckham. You know, he goes out to get a tattoo, and somebody goes, all right, makes you look really butch. <laughs> and so he has another one done, and then another one, and then another one. And before you know where you are, you're totally addicted to tattoos. And he just looks like a bit of trailer trash from America. He might as well turn up on some of these American shows and, and have done with it. It's just awful, isn't it? I'm delighted that the Emmerdale star, Lewis Linford, was cleared of a nightclub sexual assault. What I'm not happy with is, in cases like this, she's not been named. She's quite clearly, according to his, uh, his lawyer, a liar. She made up a story uh, because he pushed in front of her in a queue. She quite clearly decided she was going to make something of it. We've had exactly the same with Ben Freeman. Goes on holiday, has sex with a girl, consensual. Next thing she goes, wait a minute. Rape! Rape! Kills his career. 20 months, Lewis Linford. Not his real name, incidentally. His real name is Lewis Smales. Can't imagine how on earth you go from Smales to Linford. I've got no idea. 20 months he had to suffer while this lying old bag was able to have total anonymity. Why was he not given anonymity? Too many of these cases go to court, and time after time, as he says here, the effect on my family has been devastated. Devastating. It's absolutely awful. He says, if you're guilty, you expect, you know, your name to be in the newspaper. But until then, you should be anonymous. His solicitor said it was a wicked lie fabricated by a misguided young lady. I think we See, the trouble is, I think you should be warned about her. I think, you know, she might have done this before. We have no idea. In which case, if you're a celebrity, she might be one of these people who target celebrities. I don't know. But I should imagine, for 20 months, his life was ruined. People make things up. There are people out there who totally believe it. I remember going, I've told you before, I went to a, a lottery once, and the woman in the audience was uh, called, what was her name now? Blue Tulip. You can check her out on you on, um, on Google. She was the one who claimed she married the DJ Mike Reed. And he knew nothing about her. She used to visit the radio station. She would turn up. She was a stalker. And she then claimed we were married. And this and that, and he's keeping it quiet. And he went, no, no, no. This is not true. And again, she was deluded. She seriously believed in her little tiny mind that she'd married him and they were having a relationship. Must be your worst nightmare, mustn't it? When you meet someone, they go, so wh wh where, where are we going for breakfast? I don't know you. Don't touch me. Go away. In the end, he had to call the police. And it became, you know, it's, it's just dreadful. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, really bad news. 
Really, really bad news. In fact, the worst news that I could ever, ever tell you this morning. I'm not even sure I can tell you about it. When I read it, I, I felt physically ill. You remember the X Factor? You remember Emma, the gargantuan old porker, and her sister? You won't believe it. She's going to be given a TV show so she can lose weight. Well, I tell you, you know, is this country now descended into something roughly akin to some sort of sadomasochistic, voyeuristic pleasure that people have at watching people who are quite clearly stupid and have no talent at all with a television programme? Small wonder none of the kids want to go to work now. Small wonder they just want to appear on the Jeremy Kyle, get the girlfriend up the duff, get the free house, and then appear on a show behaving really badly, go out shoplifting, and why? Because you get money, don't you? You know, this girl, I was living in a car. No, you weren't. You just tell lies, dear. Your family are on benefits. You don't work. You're lazy. That's why you're fat. You haven't got some degenerative disease, if only. You know, it would be nice to think she could actually lose weight, but no, can do it with a television programme. It's a bit like Kerry Katona all over again. Although marginally, Kerry Katona is, I suppose, a little bit more interesting. Not much. Not much having seen the programme. God, blimey. And is Jordan pregnant? I told you it couldn't get much worse this morning. One of the papers is speculating she could be pregnant because she's got a bulge. It's all those kebabs she's eating. That's what it is. Pictured eating kebabs and chips at four in the morning. Old, uh, old bikey girl here with a cage fighter who wears the, uh, the sandals. I mean, that could be it. I would hate to think, you know, that she's actually going to get herself pregnant. Even she wouldn't be that stupid, would she? No, of course she wouldn't. It's another fabricated story. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 6. Tuesday morning. Yeah, payday. Love payday. That doesn't make any difference this month. I've spent it already. It's gone, I'm afraid. It's gone in VAT. What else has it gone in? Oh, paying off the uh, the credit card and um, transferring some money somewhere else. That's it. Gone. I should be, I should be, on the, I should be sitting outside the building with a little tin. Yeah, got some, some money for me, please. I wonder how much money I could collect. Uh, morning, Gov. What is it with you that Cockney ain't spoken anymore? You're having a giraffe and not clued up if you don't realise that lots of geezers and Dorises don't rabbit in this way all the time. Being a cheapy-chappy Cockney cabbie means that it's vital to meet and greet all me punters this way. Phew. All me rather trading on the urban tongue can be confusing. I much prefer my normal clipped accent a la Noel Coward. Good day, sir. Johnny of South London, or to my friends, Jonathan of Belgravia. So there you go. You see, I don't believe people... Sp- speak uh, like this. Uh, the woman on Dine was a Muslim, didn't serve drinks at her dinner, but she ran a Blackpool guest house for stag and hen night people, hence the booze. No, she definitely ran it. It was a, that was a bed and breakfast, was it? Really? Hence the booze. It's very worrying, isn't it? How odd that somebody would, would run something like that. Uh, also, Johnny also says, Michael Jackson was a close personal friend of mine for many years. I shared a cab with him, all his secrets. He once told me all he wanted was a caravan on a site near the Isle of Sheppey and to stop smoking capstan full strength. His nickname was Big Mick from Clapham South. Another true story, honest. Oh, I believe you. Like, as much as I believe that woman <laughs> in the paper today saying, oh, Michael, Michael Jackson, you know, he's going to have, you know, my children. He said that, what a load of old baloney. What a load of old baloney. Mark says, I might have the day off tomorrow, as the weather forecast says it's going to be a miserable day. Actually, if you're going around repossessing people's cars every day, it must be a good day. That'd make me smile. Hello. Yeah. Uh, We're just going to take your car, all right? Sorry. We're just going to take your car. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's up at five in the morning. Yeah, we're, we're taking it now. You owe 468 quid. Do you have the money? No, uh, don't take the car. I'll, I'll get some money. Yeah, we're going to get it now. Oh, I'll put some clothes on first. Oh, all right. Well, we'll come with you to the cash point. Amazing how quickly they find the money, isn't it? You know, the, your car's just about to be towed away. Poor old Ant and Deck. They go to America to make a pilot show. They don't realise, you'd have thought they'd realise, that in America they pay audiences. Audiences get paid for being uh, for doing a pilot. So they come out to do this uh, this show. It's uh, it's a version of You Bet known as Wanna Bet. And the audience go crackers. Yeah, clapping and cheering and everything. And, and they had no idea till the end. And so they say to the producer, the audience were fantastic. And he said, yeah, they get, they get paid $15 an hour. He said, $15 an hour? I said, yeah, the whole audience. He said, they'll now all be going in to go and do Britain's Got Talent next door. Or America's Got Talent. So that's what they do. They move these audiences. That's how people make money in America. You go there and you become a a paid-up member of the audience. So anything that happens, they woo hey! Why do you think they're like that? I used to think they were drunk or on drugs. But no, it's because they're earning money. You know, you can get about, you know, if you convert it to English money, about, about 20 quid for sitting in on a pile of old poo and clapping and cheering. A friend of mine who was Michael Parkinson's scriptwriter uh, wrote a book on how to appear on quiz shows. And it was it told you exactly what to do. There's no good turning up and they go, right, um, so you're appearing on, on You Bet or whatever it is. Yeah, right. And, uh, and, and your first question is, so-and-so, so-and-so, how are you going to react to that? I'll just, just, like, give them the answer. No, I'm sorry, you're out. Go away. You're looking for somebody who's going to jump up and down and be over-excitable. That's what you're looking for. It's no good picking somebody who, when you say, oh, by the way, you're going to win... And I know this from one particular programme. I can't tell you what the programme is. But they would, they would look for a winner and they would phone five people up. And based on how they answered the phone would be based on who got the prize. Because they'd say to them, listen, there are five of you. And so obviously, if, if your name's called out, you're going to jump out and down and be excited. If they then go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do that. You're not going to let them win. You want somebody who's going to go, congratulations, you've won the Steve Allen £30,000 super duper. Yeah! <laughs> you know, they're going to do all that, but that's what you want. You want somebody going, thank, thank you very much. And put the phone down on you. You don't want that. So he told people how to appear on, on quiz shows on the telly. And also they're looking for novelties. So there was one bloke who was the vicar at Heathrow Airport. And he appeared on every show there was on the television. Every time you turned on, there he was. Countdown, there he is. You know, this quiz show, there. And you get professional quizzes. I did a quiz for Channel 5. And 90% of the people appearing on it had done loads of quiz shows before. So they know to turn up with three or four outfits. And all they do is that they just chat and make, what, what, what did you film last week? Oh, last week I did, I did a countdown. And then the week before that, I was doing Lucky Ladders with Lenny Bennett. That one's transmitted later in the year. And that's all they do. They go round and they do all the different quiz shows. So they know to take the outfits because the director at some point is going to go, you can't wear that shirt, it's strobes. Gives us a bad effect on the television. So they take an outfit that won't clash with the contestant. And they're professional contestants. And that's how they do it. They know exactly what the producer looks for. Hello, how are you? Love it. We worked together at Central Television, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did a... Yeah, we did Supermarket Suite. After Supermarket, we just went into the next studio and we did another quiz over there. But that's only transmitted up north. And this, this vicar did all of them. And the novelty was, he was a vicar. 
at Heathrow Airport. But, of course, at Heathrow, you don't get that many people coming off a plane going, I don't have a small prayer. You know, generally getting on the plane, you have a small prayer. So that's why he was, he was picked, because they liked, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a novelty. I think. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I tell you what, this morning, a bit chilly this morning, a bit autumnal. I was humming Christmas carols to myself as I came in, you know. Hark the herald angels. I just like it. I just, I mean, it just makes me feel very festive. And uh, all we need is a bit of snow. That's why I'm come dine with me. One of the women had a snow machine. And at the very end, she put this snow machine on. I'm like, oh. That was like you'd have paid money for a snow machine. Always my ambition. You could go to some place. Where was it? A short while ago. Somebody had a, a thing last year, and it was, a, it was a country house, and they invited people around. They said, we guarantee it snows on Christmas Day, because they'd brought in a snow machine, which you just plug in, and uh, the water goes through and turns itself into, uh, into snow. I don't know what they're doing on the television. It looks most peculiar. Is it horrible, drunk, alcoholic people who go to these... Brits abroad. Oh, right. Do you know there are 22 Brits abroad waiting, awaiting the death penalty? Yeah, odd that, isn't it? 22, I never thought about it. But uh, all these people, handcuffed, I've noticed. Are these the nuns all handcuffed? The men who dressed up as nuns. Gross insult in a country, isn't it? And they had to go to court still dressed as the nuns, poor soul. The trouble is, the Brits abroad are disgusting. I'm sorry, we can't handle alcohol. We don't know how to handle alcohol. And then when they get arrested, then they sober up and they go, well, you know, we were only having a half, weren't we? Unfortunately for the locals, they didn't think it was a, a laugh, I'm afraid, at all. Uh, lots of people out celebrating last night. Magician David Blaine, as well, has been uh, rescued from rough surf by two angry lifeguards. They said to him, don't go out swimming. Oi! Come back. Uh, look, at, look at the eye. Don't, don't swim, OK? Anyway, he goes out there. And uh, the water was whipped up by the hurricane bill off New York's Hampton Resort. A lifeguard who swam out to him said, I was giving him tips on how to get back to shore. He was making a joke of it, saying, you lifeguards, really earning your money today, aren't you? You think you should have left him out there. Make it a lot, of, lot easier. Here's Jordan. She's going to run out of things to talk about. At the moment, little cage fighter boy, um, it's, uh, it's, it's looking a bit slim, a bit lasting any, any much longer, I'm afraid. And you know she is desperate. Uh, here she is, Emma Chorney. What a fat lardy she is, I'm afraid. They're going to give her this programme, a six-part series. I mean, I'm just... Oh, hosted by Lorraine Kelly. You must be bloody desperate, Lorraine, for work. You must be. God oh, blimey. The Chorna Challenge will feature Emma's sister, Samantha, another lardy, and um, parents, Audrey and Peter. They have a combined weight of more than 83 stone. Dear God, we must be desperate. Shame on Lorraine Kelly. Perhaps she's desperate for a gig, I don't know. Perhaps, you know, perhaps that many gigs aren't coming her way now. Perhaps, listen, we've seen you, love, and it's, oh, you're gorgeous, aren't you? You're wonderful, love you. You're marvellous. God, you're fat, aren't you? Look at me with my breasts resting on the table. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it'll be like. I love stuff like that. It just makes me laugh. Because, <laughs> of course, I mean, who is best to talk to them about losing weight? But, um... But the GMTV star Lorraine herself, because she's brought out some fitness videos before now. Unfortunately, her breasts are still resting on the table in front of her. Actually, I thought of something very rude a minute ago, and I can't, I can't tell you about it. Oh, Ronnie Biggs has finally said sorry. Yeah, well, can he die now, please? You know, can we... Apparently, he's given his first interview. Uh, he communicates with spelling out words on his fingers. He said, I never met Mills. I'm very sorry the train driver was hit. I regret the robbery, but I don't regret my wild life. 
pathetic, isn't it? Your wild life. What, you mean running away like a big girl's blouse because you were too too girly to stay in prison? And it came running back when you sort of felt the need to use our, uh, our fantastic NHS. He says, in my life, I often bit off more than I can chew. Don't be so stupid. You're a failed robber, you silly little girl. You were a failure. You were caught. You weren't big or clever or intelligent or anything. Mind you, you're still living there, which worries me a little bit. Uh, Steve. This is from, uh, from Ben. Oh, I can't scroll down. These things take forever, actually. Some of these things here. Oh, lovely. Look at that. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a very funny gag, but it's a sight gag. And, uh, and I, 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 I guess... No I, no, I couldn't do it. But it is, it is actually funny. It is very funny, actually. Uh, Philip, remember Five's Company? I certainly do. Certainly do. The, uh, the, the uh, videos are all up over, over YouTube, which is nice. And Simon says, I agree with what you're saying regarding picking winners who sound lively. I used to listen to... <laughs> I used to call up the competitions and always pick to win, as I used to make sure I sounded crazy, screaming when I won, and they loved it. So that's how it, uh, that's how it works. He says, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't do it now. Doesn't what? Well, I mean, in theory, you're not supposed to do that now. I don't think it works like that on radio, because all the competitions on radio are, are, are computer-based. So, in fact, if it's, if it's done on a computer. But on, on television, if you're looking for somebody to jump up and down, and in the early days of radio, before we had computers, which, believe you me, wasn't that, not, wasn't that far back, uh, that's how they picked somebody, because you really didn't want somebody... I remember being on a programme, and they said, uh, who have you got? They said, oh, they're, all, they're not really any good, any of this lot. And uh, so they, they had to go through them again to try and find somebody, and then they phoned one more person and said, listen, because people don't know, and they just say, listen, you'll be on line two, you'll be line three. If they call out your number, you know, that means you've won, you go crackers, you know, because you just don't want somebody going, thank you, because it's just boring, you know. You've, you've just, you do get that now, because unfortunately it's the computers, and some people, you think, why would you bother going in for a computer, for, for, a, for a competition, if you're not excited about winning? I mean, I'd be so excited to win something. I would jump up and down, I'd wet myself, I'd do everything that they wanted me to do. So I could, I could win the prize. You know, come on, let me win. The trouble is now, in America, they had a competition over there. And because over here, to win a car was seen as a bit of a novelty, in America, cars were two a penny, they didn't want a car. So this woman won, and they went, you've won the car, the Cadillac! She went, oh, I wanted to win the spade. You know, and you think... Because cars over there, they would give them... You've got two cars, three cars. Over here, we've got that stupid bullseye. You know, two people from opposite ends of the town. Oh, you want a speedboat. You think, they live on a council estate. And they haven't got a car. What's the point of giving them a speedboat? Oh, and here's somebody sitting up. Look, to show you what a speedboat looks like. I used to hate that. Jim Bowen would say, oh, look, you're super smashing. You Look, you want a caravan. And you could see them. Yes, yeah, so this, is, this is what you would have won. In other words, you've not won because you're thick. But this is what you... Oh, look, you've missed out on the caravan. And we'd also parked it on a nice site. Parliament Square. And, you know, people get really excited about it, don't they? Oh, a caravan. Oh, that's a bugger, isn't it? But never mind. You've won, a, you've won a tankard. Oh, big bloody deal. You're supposed to get excited. Not half as good as Mr and Mrs. Oh, here's lovely Susan Cuff. Look, with your lucky clock. Didn't want a clock. I wanted the five guineas. No, you've won a clock. Take it and go home, all right? Now go away. Quarter to six. <laughs> the headlines. It's reported Michael Jackson took a deadly cocktail of drugs shortly before he died. A leaked report has been released detailing the injections that may have ended the singer's life. Police have charged a man in connection with a number of bank raids in central London. Paul Molina, of no fixed address, faces three charges of robbery and six of attempted robbery. Women are more likely to suffer from asthma if they have a big waist. Researchers in California 
say those with a waist larger than 88 centimetres are most at risk, even if their body weight is normal. I was looking at Hugh Broom the other day, I think he's more than 88 centimetres. Anyway, we've got the uh, travel for you, and here he is. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, <laughs> falsehood. Well, you are, you? It must be. Uh, no, I think it's, is it? What, 88 centimetres? What's that in inches? About you. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right, we'll start with... It's quiet everywhere, actually. Actually, no, I'm just looking at the North Circular. 1.3. Morning, every 12 minutes. No, it's not. It's 13 minutes to 6. No, you don't care, do you? For goodness sake, why would you worry? Piece of toast, egg on toast this morning. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? What did I have yesterday? Dough balls with garlic. They were nice, you know. They're very nice. Actually, some lady wrote to me and said, you seem to be doing a lot more in your halogen oven than I am. Well, anything that you buy, you can do in there. I did uh, spatchcock chicken the other day, which was very nice. And um, what else I've done? Roast, roast potatoes, it does brilliantly. I mean, I do tend to buy the ones that are practically done anyway. And I just tend to put them in it because, I mean, I don't cook. There's no, you know, I mean, frankly, if we all cooked, Marks and Spencers would close down. It's a waste of time. So I like actually, you know, to buy the stuff and I just put it in there. I mean, the, the chicken was, was cooked from, from scratch and that was delicious. And I've yet to try beef. I've done Yorkshire. Things like Yorkshire puddings cook in seconds. So you can do anything. Anything. In fact, if you just want to make a big stew, put it all in there. Put it on. Just remember that the timer only goes for an hour. That's the problem with it. So at the end of the hour, you've got to turn it back on again. Noreen says, we're on a boat trip. Windsor to Maidenhead on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. I heard there's a severe weather warning out. God, <laughs> oh, there better not be. She said, can you do show Alan the Alan Steve trailer, what he'll make of it? I go, well, I'll say, I'll have to phone him up and go, Alan, 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 Steve, Steve, Steve. I don't know what it is, but it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so I hope you have a nice trip tomorrow on the boat. I'm very jealous, very jealous. My Noah and the Whale gig at Pure Groove was brilliant. Not only did I get in, but I was right at the front. Couldn't have got any closer. Did you have to ask Gary if he went. It was completely packed. I think he did go. After the gig... Hubby and I went along the road to a very nice pub that we know, the Distillers, to have something to eat. Who should walk in but all the members of Noah and the Whale? We were stalked by them. <laughs> the pub was pretty quiet apart from us. Uh, and then with some of their friends hogging the bar. How lovely. It's good, isn't it? Sounds lovely. You see, that's the trouble, you see. People are just quite ordinary. They just want to go out and, uh, and have something to eat. They're talking about the rhetoric between the Met Police and the climate camp environmentalist heating up with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven. They'll be talking to the Scottish MPs to find out whether they all think Scotland's reputation will actually be damaged by the Lockerbie affair. Doing the papers today, columnist for The Mirror is Sue Carroll and uh, Brian Paddock will be on as well, talking, if you remember, of course, he was uh, Deputy Assistant Commissioner for the Met Police and the Liberal Democrat candidate for the mayoral contest. Uh, don't forget our bog off this morning. It's buy one, get one free. The prize on offer. A fantastic Sony Vio laptop. Very, very nice. Great and small. Enough to carry around town. Preloaded with Windows Vista. Uh, every bid you make between now and the end of this programme, second one for free. So if you make 20, give you 20 for free. You must take them, though, before seven. Lowest unique bid will win on the Sony Vio. Very nice indeed. Win it and give it to me. Go on, be generous. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction closes 6pm today. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So that's LBC, then your bid in pence, and treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven is free. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today, the 25th of August. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. 
It's good, isn't it? Very good. Let's have a quick uh, try of the coffee this morning. It's been a bit odd recently. Yesterday it was dreadful, if you remember. Susan Spence tried... Ugh, ugh, she went. Ugh, it's not good at all. Is it no better today? It's not really, actually. I don't know how it's, how it's managed. I mean, I don't know how, how far wrong you can go with beans that you grind down. I mean, unless they're off beans. Do you get things like off beans? I mean, no, do, do coffee beans have a sell-by date? Because, to be honest with you, it, it, it just drops them in, grinds them, and makes an individual cup of... How can it ruin it? I'm not really sure, actually, what can go wrong here. It's not great. Something, something not quite right about that. Anyway, Steve, is it me? Well, I should imagine so, Jay in Essex. I have no idea whether or not it's not you. Says, but it does seem pretty dark already outside. Christmas is on its way, yippee. I've planned the decorations and our Christmas Day meal. Well, I can tell you that we're actually having, um, uh, we're having red and cream crackers this year. You know, crackers, bang, snap crackers, because we've already bought them, which is good. Stephen Harlington says, you and me, pal, can't beat Aunt Bessie's. You see, Aunt Bessie, I mean, I have to be honest, Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings, yum, a yum, a yum, a yum. I mean, it's, it's just, it's impossible to sort of, to ruin things like that. Uh, Angela says, there was a full-page ad for your oven in the mirror yesterday. I half expected a photo of you in a chef's hat. <laughs> uh, yes, with my dough balls. Actually, it cooks garlic bread really quickly. If you've got people around for dinner, and you know somebody, you've got to put it out, put it in the oven, wait for the oven to heat up. Not on this thing. Two minutes and they're done. So, in fact, you'd be saying, OK, let's quickly do some, uh, some dough balls, keep everybody happy. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, Steve, I searched for Five's company on YouTube and saw Dale asking people to guess your age. It's, I don't know why people try and guess my age. I'm 38. You know, I've never, I've never sort of told a fib about it. I don't need to, uh, to actually tell fibs. I mean, I, when I started LBC, I was uh, about seven and uh, quite young, at uh, 38 now. So anybody want to dispute that? I'll see you outside with a pair of boxing gloves later. Uh, another one here. Talking of Jordan, I saw at Chessington last week on an intimate day out with the children. By intimate, I mean a cameraman, a sound man, three PAs and two minders. She was wearing dark glasses, so she wasn't noticed. I know. It's marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> uh, this is very true, says Mark. I once removed a, BM, uh, I removed a BMW once the crane lifted it, and it was hanging in front of their bedroom wizard window. Hazard lights and alarms screaming. They looked out the curtain and closed it. Later, when I asked why didn't they come out, they said they were so scared they thought it was a flying saucer. I suppose you would, wouldn't you, if you opened the bedroom window and there's your car floating in mid-air with all the things you began. I think we'll close the curtains and go back to bed again. Quite clearly, that last drink last night pushed us, uh, pushed us over the edge. Uh, please send love to a special wife and mum, Motti. She's always there for everyone. It's our 23rd anniversary next week. You're her favourite, says Mike. Of course I am. I'm everybody's favourite. It's a bit difficult to live with this, frankly. How I get in and out of doors, I've got no idea. Steve, I'm surprised you've not been taken to court with the things you say. Uh, why? <laughs> I love that kind of thing, because people go, I'm sub- I've listened to your show, I-, I can't, you know, I can't believe that you get away with these things. There's no getting away with it at all. If it, was, if it was illegal, I would be taken to court, and quite rightly so. I would be the first one to want to see me in court. Because I've got a great jacket to wear. I've got this fab jacket to wear. A new pair of trousers and some new shiny shoes. So there you go. Uh, Steve, Arlene Phillips is an old bag and strictly needs some eye candy. No, no, no. That's a horrible thing to say. You're a nasty little piece of work. That's why you've got no friends. Because you're horrid. We love Arlene Phillips. She's a star. She's an absolute star. And she should have a whole programme all to herself. So there you go. Actually, somebody did say, very strangely here, at... Um, 
the bad thing is that the producers can't think of anything better than that lardy for a programme. I'm, I'm, I'm so gutted that they're even wasting... Small wonder this girl won't get off her enormous bottom and go out and get a job. Because now she's going down the same road. Do you remember that other one turned out to be a benefit fraudster? She was another one who appeared on Wife Swap. I can't remember her name, actually. Lizzie Bard. What a vile old specimen she was. She was on Celebrity Fact. She appeared on about five different programmes. Benefit fraudster, ladies and gentlemen. Benefit fraudster. And I'm afraid I don't want to see any more benefit people on the television. Television is for people with talent, not some fat, overweight lardy who really is just... I mean, there's a guy in the paper today. His claim to fame is he's a jobless scrounger. His second claim to fame is he's been on the Jeremy Kyle show. He has seven children with seven different women. To be honest with you, he's one of the ugliest people you've ever seen in your life. These women must have been as desperate as anything to have actually gone within the first place. But luckily, mega love rat Keith McDonald, 24, who doesn't work, he just scrounges, has found somebody to marry him. He's been bed hopping since he was 10. You might think this is unusual. A police case emerged the other day of a nine-year-old from Devon up on a sexual assault charge. A nine-year-old, if you please. Anyway, he's been doing it since he says he was ten. He had his first child when he was 15, but he's got a girlfriend, Claire Bryant. She's 20. She's lucky. The, the best thing you can say about her is all her tattoos are spelt correctly. That's the good thing about her. She's a real looker. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Give me. I mean, you just it just beggars belief, doesn't it? You look at all the girls that he slept with. Actually, they seem to have one thing in common. They're all overweight. They're all a bit Emma, as we call them now. Cockney rhyming. Emma. Emma. Under my umbrella. Not a normal size umbrella, though. And there's a bloke in the paper today as well. We don't like him either. We don't like this man here called Jamie Underwood. Jamie Underwood is a thief, but the worst kind of thief. You remember when Bobby Robson died. Well, fans uh, had a shrine there with lots of shirts and everything else. What did he do? He went and nicked them. He nicked all the football shirts that were put there to celebrate the life of Bobby Robson. He staggered down the road at 3am. Of course, he was drunk and uh, he was going to sell them. There's only one Bobby Robson RIP. He took them and uh, a tribute to one of the Ipswich jerseys read, thank you for making my dream come true. The the, the police stopped him and he said, uh, my mate gave them to us. I could uh, sell them. So anyway, he's facing a custodial sentence because uh, it's it's just absolutely. Put- They've got a picture of him in court. I think people think if you turn up in court, if you're a, if you're a tea leaf and you put on a suit and a tie, that kind of makes you a better person. It doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. It really doesn't work like that. But they're obviously they're all told by their you know put on a tie, pretend you're in your previously good character. I'm afraid I don't buy into the alcohol made me do this kind of thing. I ju- I'm, I just really don't. I think it's oh my god, oh dear. So There's a, a cricketer today, Stuart Broad. You know, he's the golden boy of cricket. Well, it didn't take him long to get his kit off, did it? Because he's taken all his clothes off and he's holding a cricket bat in front of him to protect his modesty. My God, I tell you, if it's that big, I think it should be in films. But uh, he's holding a cricket bat there um, for, to raise awareness about testicular cancer. I don't quite get these adverts for testicular cancer. I mean, call me a bit naive. What is the point of standing there with no clothes on, with a cricket bat held in front of you? I mean, you know, why not just move the cricket bat? You know, make it fair dues for everybody. It's quite ridiculous, this. And also it's sponsored by one of these um, aftershavey type things. So that's, that's all I can tell you. But uh, it didn't take him long to get his kit off, did it? I suppose all for a good cause. It's LBC. A good friend of mine recently wanted to get an electrically operated recliner. 
Morning, every Eight minutes past six. Tuesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have your company. To have your company. Oh, it's been done before, isn't it? Everybody's got a catchphrase. Mine's going to be Merry Christmas. You watch. A few months' time, you'll all be saying it. I tell you, it'll, it'll pick up big time, that one. You'll be going, Merry Christmas. You see, I heard that on Steve Allen's show. More on this uh, Jacko baby plea by Brit Doc. This doctor from Luton told how Michael Jackson begged to make her pregnant. I mean, either it's the biggest load of baloney you've ever read in your life, or she's a bit deluded. And uh, she says that Jacko offered her half a million pounds in the run-up to the schedule. He didn't have any money. How could he offer half a million pounds? He was broke, poor soul. He was absolutely brassic. He might have had, I think he had, what did they say, 300 million assets, but he owed 400 million or so. Whatever it was, he was deeply, deeply in debt. Deeply. So I'm looking at her thinking, I don't know where you've come from, dear, but I just don't believe it. I really don't believe it. Pizza Hut have become the latest big business to join uh, Sun Employment, the push to get Britain working again, because they've created uh, lots of new jobs, which is good, isn't it? And, um... What's this one here? Oh, yes. British screen stars are among the best value for money in Hollywood. For that, read cheap. OK, because the Americans know how. I mean, if you get Max Clifford to negotiate for, you can probably all earn a fortune. But um, strangely enough, Harry Potter actor Daniel Radcliffe, Terminator's Christian Bale and Atonement's James McAvoy are the big money makers. Is Christian Bale British then? Oh, he's Welsh, is he? God, I know nothing, do I? The trio beat Brad Pitt uh, to make the uh, best actors for the buck. So these are the people, the top ten value actors per pound paid. Shia LaBeouf, I don't even know who that is, actually, £100. James McAvoy, £71.25. So in other words, uh, £100 for every pound paid. And you've got all sorts of people on here. Dennis Quaid, 26 but I don't really understand what I'm talking about here, actually. It doesn't make any sense at all. All I know is Daniel Radcliffe's making a lot of money. OK? That's all, that's all you need to know about. He's very successful, he's very young, and he's making lots of money. And uh, we're very happy for him. He seems to fit in everywhere, actually, Daniel. But every so often he goes, oh, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do a radio programme. Or I'd like to... And I keep thinking he's obviously fishing, because once you've made the Harry Potter films, and I think they must have... They must have finished making them now, haven't they? We've got one more to go. Apparently the one that's doing the rounds oh, goes on forever. It's longer than my career. It just goes on and on. You know, people go out to the toilet. Because you know that I told you about that website where you can type in and it'll tell you when you can go to the toilet in the film. So in other words, it's, it's been set up in, in America. And it's some guy who's seen all these films. And in Harry Potter, there are five moments where you can go. And what he does is he tells you exactly the time you go to the toilet. He'll tell you what little bit you're missing and where it picks up from. And so it's great, so you don't miss it. Because, you know, you sit there thinking, oh, I really need to go to the toilet. really need to go to the toilet. Well, in fact, the entire cinema would actually get up and all walk out at the same time. But very rarely does everybody want to go to the toilet at the same time. It's always easy for men, isn't it? Because men sort of, you know, shove up along, you know, along our urinals. And, and all the ladies have to... Cu- come on! Come on! What are you doing in there, for goodness sake? ridiculous. I always say, you use a disabled loo. Just develop a limp and use it. I know it looks like a gymnasium, but otherwise, why do they never make enough toilets for ladies? They never make enough... Lo- it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Just ridiculous. Um, oh, Noel and his brother, the Oasis boy, they've fallen out again. Apparently they're not talking. Like we care. Like we care. The Who never spoke on tour. Strange enough. Roger Daltrey and, uh, and the other one, everything was communicated via their PAs. They never actually spoke. It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? A little bit, a uh, little bit strange. And uh, Prince Andrew, for it is he again, has run up a bill of one hundred and forty-three thousand pounds on hotels, food, and entertaining as Britain's special trade. Em- what does he do? 
Can somebody explain to me what Prince Andrew does? He's Britain's trade envoy. Apparently he's on holiday at the moment with Sarah Ferguson. Because she's very hurt after her council estate thing with people sort of, you know... Because she's trying to help. She's a saint. She just wants to help poor people. Or as we call it in the business, you patronising old woman. <laughs> because they didn't like it at all. Even people running the estate said, listen, you know, why would somebody come into the estate and say, OK, look, all got to kind of bond together. And there's people smoking joints leaning up against lampposts going, yeah, of course, love, yeah, that's a good idea, in here. Get her, get a mugger, get the shoes, get the shoes. <laughs> just ridiculous. I don't like people who come round and start telling you how to live your life when they can't even get their own uh, life sorted out. Liam Gallagher has apologised to fans for missing the V Festival gig and said his voice has still not returned. How did he apologise then? I'm terribly sorry. I couldn't make it. Sounds good news as far as I'm concerned. I always thought they were a bit rough, actually, the Gallagher boys. I thought they were quite good, but everybody said, you know, Beatles rip-off kind of stuff. Uh, Steve, so the government are going to ban an industrial solvent... Because one stupid person used it as a drug and died. There, there are two drugs that the government are banning, which apparently are legal at the moment, but they're sold in clubs. One of them, I think, is a, deri- uh, a derivative of GHB, and the other one is apparently sort of a, a derivative of marijuana, or it's, it's a man-made marijuana, or something. Uh, to be honest with you, I've got no idea. But they say they're actually going to ban it. Because people die. Big surprise. Let them all take... I couldn't care less if people want to take drugs. I think we should have the Drug Olympics. Make it far more interesting. Then you wouldn't have to waste money on drug testing, would you? Or doping. Or the, you know, you just say, listen, take as many drugs as you want. I'm really fucked. Great. Good for you. Good for you. Couldn't care less. Makes no difference to me. I always suspect all these people. They're a bit peculiar, I think, athletes. I've seen them... I mean, I used to be... I mean, if you've seen me recently, you'll know it's a little bit difficult to imagine, but I used to be a fairly athletic person. I have cups and medals for my prowess on the field. And in the barn, and in, the, in most places, actually. But I have, I've, I've got old, admittedly, they're a bit tarnished now, it has to be said. But, uh, oh, heavens above, I, I've represented Berkshire in the high jump. And I did hurdles. I could never get the hang of it, the hurdles. I found, you know, one, two, three, lift your front leg up. It was, it's a bit difficult, it's a bit Heather Mills. A little bit difficult to try and remember all the time. And eventually I got it, because you've got to go really fast on hurdles. One, two, three, and the legs, and it shoots out in front. Mine didn't. Mine didn't. Something you'd fall over the thing. You'd get really angry. Really angry. And, uh, and I did high jump, but I was the only one doing scissors. Everybody else was doing this Fosbury. I, I was the only one doing the girly scissors. But it was, uh, to be honest with you, I was quite lucky at an early age. I was able to get my legs higher than most other people. Again, back to Heather Mills, I'm afraid, on that one. But we can't help it, can we? 84850, steve at There's a passenger, I must tell you in a moment, who is suing an airline, uh, EasyJet, after... You'll never believe it. You'll never believe it. But you'll have to wait. I'll tell you after this. News headlines, Katie Radley. Thank you. Michael Jackson died from a lethal dose of a powerful... Morning, everybody. So there is this lady, and she turns up uh, to EasyJet, and the checking girl goes, you're too fat to fly. You'll need to buy two seats. Because, I have to be honest, I mean, sometimes, if you're too fat, just having your bottom on one seat is not enough. You kind of spread. I remember going to the Donmar warehouse once, and there was a lady, an American, next to me. And to be honest, she took up two seats, and I was—I nearly fell off the end of the seat because I was at the end, and they were bench seats. And she took up a lot of room, and I—I I felt like saying, "Listen, you know, I know you can't do anything about it, but is it possible, you know, you could sort of bunch up a little bit?" So this girl turns up, Anna. She's 55. She weighs 15 and a half stone. Now, to be honest with you, I don't really know what 15 and a half stone looks like. 
I know, I'm trying, I'm sort of basing it on me. And it's 15 and a half cent that bit, because, I mean, I'm... Well, I don't weigh that much, but, I mean, it's... You see, it, it, if you're very tall, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not 15 and a half cent. I think I'm 14-something in my dreams. I think I'm 14-something. So, I mean, another stone. I don't think you're going to be that big. Yes, but if, if you're 15 stone, you're only sort of five foot tall. I can imagine you're going to look a little bit, little bit like a barrage balloon. Five foot one and a half. All right, five foot one and a half. But apparently she was asked to get on the scales in front of other travellers. So they've done the humiliation bit. And uh, the girl says, I'm terribly sorry. Anyway, she stormed out of the airport. And she's now suing for the humiliation. EasyJet have apologised, quite rightly. And, uh, and they say they do not have passenger weight restrictions. But now, strange enough, we've had this before. And a lot of airlines do have a weight restriction. Not a weight restriction, but they have to balance the plane up. In other words, if you're overweight and you're sitting at the back of the plane and there's some other overweight they're going to have to move you forward to balance it. Ludicrous though it might seem, and they all operate it. I've seen this on more than one occasion. I remember somebody writing and saying, don't be so stupid, of course they don't do that. They absolutely do. They've got to be, you know, if you've got three people weighing 15 and a half stone all sitting at the back of the plane, this is 45 and a half stone. I mean, the, the wheels are off the ground at the front, for goodness sake. So they balance it up and it makes it just uh, a lot easier. But I don't actually, you see, the trouble is now we're too willing to sue, aren't we? I'm sorry, you said I was fat. Well, you are fat. Give me money. Well, what's the, what, what is that going to do? It's going to make me feel better. No, it's not. I'm going to buy food with it and stuff it in my mouth and get even fatter. Why can't people just accept an apology? I'm terribly sorry you're fat, but it's your own fault. You've filled your face. You've eaten kebabs and all that kind of stuff and chips and everything else. Unless you've got a medical illness. You know, most of these people, like that Emma girl on The X Factor, it's, she eats the wrong food. We know she does because we've seen this dreadful family on the television. And, um, and she's eating all the wrong stuff. You eat chips every day you know, lovely though they are, you're going to put on weight. You eat cream cakes every day, you're going to put on weight. You eat kebabs every day, and Chinese and Indian, and you're going to get fat. It's kind of, you know, you shouldn't really have to explain to people, but you have to explain it. So when, when the airline says, all right, we're terribly sorry about this, you know, she storms out of the aircraft, out of the airport. Can't have been the first time somebody said you're too fat. You know, I mean, you would know that when you sit on the toilet seat and half your bottom's hanging over the sides. I mean, you would know this, wouldn't you? So why, why you'd sue somebody? So I says, I'm terribly sorry, but, you know, the girl was just following procedure, and that's it. We should just accept it. It would make it an awful lot easier. Leona Lewis is lining up for a Titanic chart scrap with Robbie Williams. Apparently, Robbie Williams has got his uh, eighth studio collection. I hope it's a lot better than the last disaster we had. Reality killed the video star. The reason it's called that is because it's produced by Trevor Horn, who was Buggles. And they, of course, had video killed the radio star. So Trevor Horn, well, I don't know when his last hit was, but uh, they reckon that's, that's going to come out November the 9th. So that's just sort of pre-Christmas, you know, because you can have a load of albums out at the same time. Leona Lewis has got an album out. Alexandra's got an album out. You're going to have to suffer with Susan Boyle's album as well, I'm afraid. That'll be coming out in time for the Christmas market. Because at the moment, I think she's recorded a few tracks and they're tarting it up. And when I say tarting it up, they're going to have to flog this one because Louis Walsh, quite rightly, says he doesn't think she has any longevity. She won't be able to do any concerts because she, do she doesn't have that sort of... Stat she's not a trained singer. She'll, she'll be a studio person. She'll go in there. She will record an album. She'll never have to sing live in her life. You know, one, one song she might manage, a concert, totally out the window, totally out the window. So it'll be interesting to see who's actually going to win. Are there enough Robbie Williams fans out there to put him back into the charts? And to be honest with you, I don't think there are. 
I don't think there are. I think they were so disappointed last time uh, that Robbie's album came out, much anticipated. Unfortunately, I think he's just wasting his time now. All he spends his time doing is sort of going out eating. He put on loads of weight, so he's had to lose weight because they go, listen, you can't be that fat, you know, going around promoting an album, lose the weight. So he's gone on this, you know, intense diet so that he can look good for the album. But, of course, as soon as the promotion's finished, the album doesn't do well, he'll put the weight back on again because that's what he does. And the reason he does that is because he's not working. He doesn't have a job like you or me or anybody around here. He's a pop star. And pop stars sit at home trying to be creative, but, I mean, his creative juices dried up donkey's years ago. The only reason he had creative juices is because Guy Chamberlain was writing the stuff. You know, I think Robbie's line in Angels was, and down the waterfall. Well, even I could have come up with that one. Oh, dear. Don't forget our bog off today. I do want you to take advantage of this. I'm not pleading with you. I don't like to be seen as a little pleader. But uh, let me tell you that if you do buy a ticket to go in for my Sony Vio laptop, we'll give you the second one free, OK? So two bids for the price of one. It's the best offer you're going to get from me this morning. It's only because I'm feeling in such a good mood today. I want to share it with you. Because I think everybody should do something nice today. Because if you do something nice, like tell somebody they're very attractive or tell somebody, you know, I really love you, they will return that love, you know, sometimes unwarranted, admittedly. But, you know, they will return that to you. So do something nice and somebody will do something nice for you. Which is good. So I'm just, you know, I shall probably tell the producer something, something later. Privately, I shall tell her. You know, like, you're no taller than you were yesterday. And that'll be my way of telling her that she's destined to do pantomime with six other people of restricted stature. You know, with a girl called Snow White. And that's about as far as it goes. But that's... But that's you're, you're, no, I think you'll be dopey. <laughs> so that, that's my way of being, being nice. Because, frankly, I do find it a bit of a strain sometimes being nice to people. In my mind... I'm being nice. I'm going, yes, you look really attractive. Secretly, I'm thinking, my God, you could do with losing some weight. You know, but I, I, I don't say that to people because that's unkind. I tend to save that for the programme. But if you do something nice today, if you tell somebody something nice, they'll, it, it makes you feel so much better. Because uh, Twickenham, I was, I was told by Tom, who runs the Fox in Church Street, he said, he said will you be a judge, Steve, on Sunday? He said, we, we're going to have the, uh, the Twickenham uh, dog uh, there was loads of dogs around Twickenham. I had no idea we're actually doing a competition for it. Because last year we had a beauty contest. But apparently somebody said, oh, it's a bit sexist. But I mean, he said, I don't see any problem with it. So he said, well, we're going to have a dog contest. And it's going to be on Sunday in Church Street. So I've said, I'll go down there and judge it. But catch me early. Because if you get me after six o'clock, I'm falling asleep anyway. So you've got to catch me quick. So I'm, I'll be going down to that. I'll tell you more about it tomorrow because I'm not too sure myself. But he's sorting out prizes and they're going to, you know, dogs with waggy tails and stuff like that. They do that, you know, most unhappy looking dog, you know, most overweight dog, you know, dog most likely to. <laughs> dog who slept with everybody, you know, that kind of thing. Round our way, it's not difficult to find. So if you go for the bog off, which is buy one, get one free, this is my gift to you today if you want to go in for the Sony Vio laptop. So for every bid you make from now until the end of the show, I'll give you the second one free. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction closes 6pm today. Text LBC followed by your bid in pence and then send that to treble 821. So that's LBC, your bid in pence and send it to treble 821. Every second bid between now and 7, free. Must take them before 7 though. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today, the 25th of August. You must be over 16. No good telling fibs. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. OK, good luck for that one. There's a girl here called Yvonne Harrop. Yvonne Harrop is 30. 
She made more than 200 fake 999 calls. Now, this is what's coming in the business as a time waster. A rather stupid waste of space is our Yvonne Harrop. And the reason she called them 166 hope calls in just five days is because she was bored. She was bored. She pleaded guilty and uh, to making the hoax calls and using a phone to cause annoyance. She got 12 weeks prison. I'd have left her there for a year, really. If she's bored, get her doing something interesting in prison. She's bored, so she phones up and makes hoax phone calls. So, in other words, if you had a relative who lived in this area... She comes from Blackpool, and you know my thoughts on Blackpool, I'm afraid. There's probably quite a lot of people like her up there. But your relative needed an ambulance... And it was off on one of its hoax calls. One of your relatives could have died as a result of what she did. Kids do it all the time. They make phone, you know, they make hoax phone calls and things like that. And it's it's just. I was telling the other day, it was coming down Richmond Hill from the Star and Garter, and apparently it's quite well known this. But two little children who look no more to me than seven or eight throwing things at cars. And it's only because I looked at them as I went past that they put their hand behind their back. But they were throwing things at cars. Now, if you're an elderly person driving down there. Well, the police must be aware of it, because let's face it, it's probably been going on for quite a while. And something hits the side of your car and frightens the life out of you, career into the side of the road, you have an accident. Those kids are responsible. They must know about it. They, 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 they quite clearly must live on that estate there. It looks a bit, bit rough, but that's the best we can say about it. Lots of um, pictures in the paper yesterday and today. They're old ones, actually, um, of great whites leaping uh, to kill seals. Now, I saw this on a, a David Attenborough programme years and years ago, where there's this beach where all these seals get born every year, I think in South Africa, and every year the great whites throw themselves up the beach, grab a seal, and then wiggle back out to sea again. And they'd, you'd think by now the seals, quite clearly not the brightest pennies in the box, would realise that every year they're going la 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 la, lying on their deck chairs, a bit of sun cream, all of a sudden, what the hell is that coming up the beach? And these... These great whites power themselves up the beach so fast they can go quite a few yards, grab a seal, drag it out to sea. Because they can't sort of eat it properly, what they do is they play with it. What they're trying to do is get the skin off it. So they throw it up in the air. And the more they throw it, then they flick it with their tail. It, it's quite... They do it every year. And eventually, this thing dies. And then the, the, the great white will sort of eat half of it or something like that. And the rest of it just, just disappears, I'm afraid. So they've got the same pictures, but they had them yesterday, which is very odd. Very odd. Oh, do you fancy wearing, I know I was going to mention this, uh, clothes worn by news broadcasters? I've got a new website for you, a new website, and you can buy the clothes as worn on television by the newscasters in America. What a brilliant idea. LBC 97.3 Still to come, that website where you can buy uh, used clothes as worn by the US news broadcasters. I'm thinking of operating a similar thing here, things as worn by the sports department. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite I wouldn't, interesting. I wouldn't. No, you're right, actually, but it's a thought. Uh, the Sports News this morning brought to you by our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Good morning. Well, uh, Liverpool uh, beaten again in uh, the Premier League last night, leaving serious doubts about their ability to challenge for the title. Their 3-1 defeat at home to Aston Villa was their second in three games so far. It means they've already lost as many times as they did in the whole of last season. A Lucas own goal. Curtis Davis header and Ashley Young penalty gave Villa their first win in the campaign. The manager Martin O'Neill says it was fully deserved. I just felt we were excellent. It's a tough place to come, obviously, but there was a great determination about the team. Really well focused, ready to go. We we're fresher, we were fitter than we were a week ago, and we were just excellent. 
Manchester City expect to finally announce the capture of Julian Lescott from Everton at some stage today. The England defender has now passed his medical and agreed personal terms, but an unexpected delay stalled the £24 million deal yesterday. City did, though, complete a move for former Arsenal left-back Silvino, who joins as a free agent after leaving Barcelona in the summer. But Lescott's arrival will take Mark Hughes' summer spending to £120 million. There are 16 games in the second round of the Carling Cup tonight, including the derby between Millwall and West Ham. Watford go to Leeds and QPR play Accrington Stanley. Last night, Sunderland beat League One Norwich 4-1 at Carrow Road. Andrew Flintoff has had surgery on the knee injury which brought a premature end to his England Test career. The double Ashes winner is still hoping to play for his country in limited overs cricket. He wants a return before the tour to Bangladesh in February next year. But former England batsman Mark Butcher had a similar knee injury which finished his career. You have some, something in the region of about two months where you're no weight bearing at all. Uh, it's very important to keep the joint moving because the idea of it is that you, you make the, the, the bone bleed and that then recreates new cartilage. They'll tell you it's about a six-month turnaround. Hopefully you'll get a better result than I did. Meanwhile, the Australian side are still trying to deal with losing the Ashes. They're staying in the UK for the 2020 and One Day series. Tim Nielsen's side are ranked number one in the world when it comes to limited overs cricket, but the coach admits getting over the test defeat will be tough. Oh, no, it's certainly not a time for panic. I think we've just got to be sensible about it. We need to sit down and think about what we did well, not just for the last test match, but for the, throughout the whole tour. And there are just two race meetings today. They go over the jumps at Sedgefield and on the all-weather at Southall. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. times of one programme can you use the name Steve Allen you know it's quite excited anyway Mr Blacker was very unlucky yesterday says Alex very unlucky with his selection just caught on the line but that sums up your luck I know because uh, we can was second that's the way it's going I know I don't know if you have gone each way we'd have had a little something in our pocket well, a little bit with, not an awful lot no he had Lake Chinny or Chinny third so he, he could have gone each way as well mm. but uh, his total loss is now £38.27 you £52.07. and seven pence. Oh dear. So today's lost cause, the 3.30 at Southall, Fuzzy Cat. Fuzzy Cat. OK. I'm also going to Southall. <laughs> oh, yeah? Not a lot of choice today, we're just no, the two meetings. No, there's only two meetings. Uh, three o'clock, Comedy Hall. Comedy Hall? Comedy Hall. Oh, yeah. right. Funny name for a horse, isn't it? Mm. Comedy Hall. I mean, Fuzzy Cat, you can understand, you know, horse with psychotic problems, but not <laughs> Comedy Hall. <laughs> You think, you think a win or each way? Uh, I'm going for the win. I'm not overly confident, but oh, I've got to stick with the policy, I think. Yeah, all right. It'd be nice if we could clear up some of this and get back down to sort of under 40. It would. It would be very nice. I think Comedy Hall could do it, because I think it's about 8 to 1 yeah. at the moment. I don't think it will be when it goes off. All oh, right. I think it'll be shorter. Now that I've when, when, it, when do we take our, our price? Do we take it when it goes off? I think we take the starting price. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, of course, now, now, now it's been tipped. The thing's probably developed a limp or something. <laughs> Most of our horses develop some illness, don't they? I know. I'm sorry I've ruined the paper. I'll give it to you to put on the website, but I'm, as you can see, I've sort of ripped it to pieces. Because <laughs> I had a strawberry earlier on and dropped it. Oh, I dropped it chocolate down my shirt earlier and now a strawberry on that. I'm sorry see. about that. It's nothing that's, to worry that's about. That's all right. No, it looks I'll like blood. Ignore the smudges. Yes, ignore the smudges on there <laughs> and we'll just have a go for it, which is good news. So we'll wait and see tomorrow how we do. Yes. Apparently, ever nearer... With getting you on the website. I think today could be the today day we the go day. live. Oh, yes. you think it's going to happen today? I think so. Yeah. Typical, isn't it? Andy said to me yesterday, he said, he said it's nearly, I know. nearly finished. Well, he was, he was, um, he texted me last night to say it was, he put it up. And I then texted me about 10 minutes later saying he'd take it back down again. <laughs> That's the trouble with Andy, isn't it? One minute's <laughs> up, the next minute it's down. You've got no idea what's going on with it. Oh, so it was up, now it's gone. It's gone again. It's right. been tweaked. 
Right. Do you think it's going to go up today, then? Yeah, I, I think that's What will it go yet. up under on the LBC website? I'm not Do we entirely know? sure yet. Oh, uh, right. We'll, there will be a link to it, I yes. believe. You'll have to tell me, because he, he said to me, he said, will you mention it, because it'll give it a boost for mm. people looking at it. Yeah, no, I will, uh, I will let you know tomorrow morning Excellent. exactly where to find it. Fabulous. Mm. Lovely. All right, we'll look forward to that. <laughs> I was promised a sneak preview. It's obviously not going to happen, is it? I well, you might tell. get that today. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I hope so. I've been told lunchtime. Lunchtime. Mm. I tell you, it's like, it's like secret squirrel round here, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. You, you've got no idea what we're talking about, have you? We're talking about Phil's little little video of him training yeah. for, for his boxing match. Do you know what's happened as well? In the meantime, I've lost two teeth. You've lost it. Where did you lose two teeth? Well, this is it. It's nothing to do with the boxing. I was thinking of. I was thinking. Well, they just of, fell uh, out. Mm. No. I, I snapped a tooth last week. Really, no. really annoying. Had to get emergency dental treatment. Oh God! And then is yesterday, last night. I did one on the other side. Oh. What are the chances? I had a whole bridge fall out. Really? A whole bridge. I was eating a piece of... This is a few years back now. I ate a piece of smoked salmon. I thought, mm. the bridge has fallen out. <laughs> and of course it had. And I'm looking at a complete bridge. Yeah. And that was a nightmare. I know. It's, it's, this is a nightmare. Oh. I was eating a steak last night and half my teeth disappeared. Do you have to go back to the dentist and have one of those things fitted? Well, the problem is my dentist is at the other end of the country. Oh, so, no. Can you not just find... Oh, no. You, you, obviously you I've already that, once this week, because I snapped one, and so I had to find a, an emergency dentist nearby. What's the matter with you? You're I just falling know. apart? I know. But I was thinking I, I should relate it to the boxing, and so, I, yeah. you know, it sounds a lot better, but actually I didn't. Yeah, but of course, you're always supposed to have your gloves up, aren't mm. you? So you're protecting your... Yeah. Do you not have a guard? And my gum shield won't fit now, because oh, the God. teeth aren't there. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh really at other people's misfortune, but thank it's God, not going well. I'm, I'm not gave happy me that gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. I wish you well with the teeth. <laughs> thank you. You have to get something fitted. I know. Poor soul, honestly. That's a big dentist the other end of the country. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't show, so it. it's it doesn't. No, it feels weird. I feel like I've got a you hole. You keep sticking your tongue mm, in it. I can't stop. I've done that. It's horrible. Over the years, sometimes you get a hole and my tongue straight in, straight <laughs> in like that. It's very funny, actually. But it, as, long as, long, as, long, as long as you're not whistling. I know. Well, that's what I was a bit worried about. Yeah. But, uh, all the way through there. It could have been very embarrassing on the sport. I think I'm all right. So all right, far. kiddo. Talk to you tomorrow. Indeed. Phil Blacker is back with us tomorrow. We'll let you know as well if that video goes up. On the uh, on the LBC website, there's loads of stuff on the LBC website. You have to go and have to go and check it out. Actually, some of it's very funny, including the picture of me looking quite dreadful first thing in the morning. Anyway, Darren very quickly is with us. A couple of ideas of where to go today. We've all got ideas, but he's got three for you, I think. Three exhibitions at one fantastic museum. I'll oh. give you a clue. Right, third of September at eleven fifteen. Any idea what happened? Third of September at eleven fifteen. Total eclipse. 1939, there's the clue. 1930, war. Oh, Imperial War Museum. Absolutely, the day yes. the war broke out. There is a book out, there is a book there's out. A, the book out, there's a TV show on next week, and there's a beautiful exhibition down there. It's called Outbreak 1939. You can see what happened in England when the day the war broke, broke out. The, the evacuation, the phony war, what happened on the, uh, the home front, the blackout, life goes on. You know what the worst thing that happened during the blackout? Couldn't the... plug your hairdryer in anywhere in those. Uh... No, everyone got run over. Lots of people kept getting run over because people drove drove around London without the lights on. Yes. They weren't allowed to, and of course people got run over. And of course, Red. in those days as well, we had the famous London smogs. Indeed. And I remember um, driving into work once. God, I can't be that old, can I? And, that what, and we 1939? Had, no, not 1939, <laughs> but we had, uh, we had uh, one of those great London fogs that came down in Isleworth, and you literally couldn't see in front of you. It was a nightmare yeah. for driving. Yeah, I don't think it's quite the same as having war no. breaking out, though, is it? No, it is um, true, but uh, London came through. 
they did in this beautiful exhibition. Yes. Um, lots of speeches from people like uh, Richard Attenborough and Dane Berlin, of course. Also down at the Imperial War Museum, this was one for the kids. It's quite amusing. It's called Horrible Histories. Oh, yes, I know but, this. Yeah, they were all about the um, trenches during the First World War. I see funny, but it obviously has a very serious aspect to it. Two, you can peer into no man's land with a periscope. You can experience the terrible toilets, smell the stenches, and splat the rats. Lovely. Because, of course, they suffered terribly during that with things like lice and not being able to go to the loo and terrible food. Um, that's just opened this on for about a year down there. Um, you do, it's worth booking in advance, especially during the school holidays. And it's your very last chance you've seen this one, Steve, in memoriam the commemoration of the end of uh, World War One. Yes. And of course, you'll remember that the first portrait you see as you go through the door is of Harry Patch. Yes. And yes. Uh, you'll see the original manuscript for things like uh, Anthem for Doomed Youth, the brilliant poem by William Owen, and the military cross he won that was worn by his mother every day until she died. Great museum. Free. Fantastic museum. That's free, as is Outbreak 1939. The one you, only one you have to pay for is The Horrible History. Yeah. Worth, worth, worth getting the book out. They actually very kindly sent me a copy of the book. from You've the Imperial got the book War already? Museum. Yes, the book's been sent oh. to me. From well, the Imperial War Museum, by the author. Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, of course, listeners. And also uh, to thank me for all the mentions about the Imperial War Museum, but I said it's a great museum. I said, and also the cafeteria is very good there, I seem to remember. It's a very nice restaurant. Very nice. The, the programme's on television on the 3rd of September. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for those. Pleasure. Talk to you on uh, Sunday. Darren's back with us on Sunday. He'll be sorting out all your problems. You can always send them in now. If you go to the steveallenshow.com, steveallenshow.com, you can send a message there. If you've got a problem with your computer or something like that, and then if we get them in in advance, then we can try and sort out things, OK? And then we do it on Sunday for you, which is good news. And somebody says, if you don't like Blackpool, why did you go in the first place? Because there was a magician's uh, convention up there. The Blackpool uh, Magician's Convention is, is quite, quite a big deal, and we did go up there. Can't bear the place, but love the convention and love the whole thing about it. Actually, the other thing, I was, I was feeling very chipper yesterday and I thought, suddenly realised I'm running out of insulin and everything else. So I go into my chemist, you know, my favourite chemist in Twickenham Goods, and it's already ready for me to collect. How cool are they? How cool are they? And I did say I was just going off for a walk, so I collect it later. And then I was waiting for the rain to come. No rain. Although today I'm looking out there and they forecast again. A little bit of rain later, but so far, nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> News headlines, Katie Radley. Thank you. Officials in Los Angeles are refusing to confirm reports. This OK, here's the website where you can buy used clothes worn on television by US news broadcasters. Because like most places, they have a rack of clothes that you wear. If you're on television, there's generally, so like, it's not a costume department, but it's not unsimilar to that. You go and say, oh, I think I'll wear the grey suit today. There's a woman who reads the weather on, on Sky. We're not sure where she gets her outfits from. A, a fancy dress shop, I think. Some of them. She looks like she just wanted in from a party. So perhaps, perhaps there's a rail up there for party clothes. But it is tvnewscloset.com. TV, it's fairly straightforward, tvnewscloset.com. OK. 84850, steve It's killer whales, not great whites. Killer whales who chase the uh, things up the beach. Killer whale. It'd be quite funny, wouldn't it, actually? <laughs> killer whale goes up there and here comes the great white. Oh, my goodness me. Jean <laughs> uh, says, is it right Robin Williams to play Susan Boyle on stage? No, nobody's remotely interested, I'm afraid. And talking of smog, I remember walking to school with five brothers and sisters. By the time we walked through the park, we'd lost my younger brother, says Angela. <laughs> 
It, it was that bad. You, could let, you know when they used to say a pea super in London, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I never understood why people wanted to put their hand in front of their face. Couldn't see anything anyway. You put your hand in front of the face and try walking along. You walk into walls and everything. Uh, Natalie Cassidy, apparently, is going to go on the Strictly Come Dancing. I think about time, Nat, she could do with losing that weight. And she did say it was going to be good exercise, so expect a new fitness video, I should imagine. Who was it out the other day with a fitness instructor in a park? Oh, Fiona Phillips. Because the, the job offers haven't exactly sort of rushed in ever since she left her, uh, her favourite thing. Uh, Will says, is there a key cutter in Twickenham? Do you know, there is actually. There is a key cutter. And I'll tell you where it is. As you come into Twickenham, you go past the station. When you get to the end, there's a Barclays Bank. Just to the left-hand side of that is one of those, I think it's Tim's or Timpson or something like that. They do key cutting and you can get a, there's one down in Church Street as well. Loads of places. I've, I've very rarely get keys cut, actually. It's strange, that, isn't it? Isn't it strange? I wonder why I've never had, had keys cut before. I suppose really because the keys we've got at home, you can't just go and uh, get them done. 84850, steve at Read them all out on the programme. We do that. So that's where our, our key cutter is in uh, Twickenham. Craig Revel Horwood, I mentioned earlier on, has uh, blasted Alicia Dixon, saying she'll never be as good as Arlene. But I think everybody's, uh, everybody knows that. Louis Walsh has reignited his feud with Danny Minogue. You see, I think it's just gentle chiding. It's not, you know, it, it's not really a feud. Uh, he told another radio presenter, I don't know, probably listens to this programme, I think Danny's new face, I think she looks really well this year, because apparently Danny has decided to lay off the uh, the Botox. It doesn't actually make any difference. Nobody's remotely interested, I think, what people look like on television, until you looked at Amanda Holden on the uh, on the Alan Carr show. The other, something matter with her face, it's dropped on one side. It definitely was very, very odd. Definitely very, very odd. Guess who's lost three stone on a strict diet and fitness regime in uh, a very short space of time? Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas has lost an absolute load of weight. He really has. It's noticeable. So it only goes to prove, if you want to do it, you, you can do it. It's not, not exactly difficult. You've only got a few more minutes to get the bog-offs in. Daily Mirror this morning, front page. Jacko, it was homicide. Now, of course, they don't know if he administered his own injection or... If it was administered by somebody... They're not charging anybody with this. I mean, I don't know. Over the years, Michael Jackson might have been actually good at doing his own injections. You know, they might have said, listen, this is the stuff. You know, just... And he might, he might have gone over the top with it. We don't know. You'll never know that. You know, he might have had needle marks on his body, but whether they were self-inflicted is the kind of thing you're not going to know, I'm afraid. Uh, Samantha Janus, uh, after the discovery of her father who hanged himself. Martina Navratilova's got a new girlfriend... This one apparently uh, has her own uh, makeup company, and apparently she's the daughter of, a, of an ex KGB officer. Don't want to mess with them, I don't think. And um, you remember, I mean, she's had quite a number of high profile relationships, Martina Navratilova. I remember once they had a woman, I think it was Judy Nelson or somebody like that, who had children who also came to watch Martina when she was playing at Wimbledon. I thought, would it have been the same if it had been a, a gay male tennis player? I'm sure we must have gay male tennis players. But uh, she certainly seemed to get through them, doesn't she? Uh, Hero Flintoff celebrates the win but doesn't get bowled over. In fact, left early from the party. Uh, Prince Andrew abandoned plans to go to Libya because he was scheduled to go there. I'm still convinced there's a, there's a story coming out in, uh, in that one. And only one crime was solved last year by every 1,000 CCTV cameras. One crime. So, in other words, what's the point of having CCTV? They don't do anything, do they? They absolutely don't seem to do anything at all. Oh, and the police have ticked off Kerry Katona for her, her cocaine. 
hardly worth bothering, is it? I don't know. As I say, I'd be more interested, and I'm sure it would be more useful for the police, if they said, who's your dealer? I said yesterday. They're not interested. As far as I'm concerned, she can shove half of Columbia up there. I couldn't care less. I want to know who the dealer is. Once you've found the dealer, then you can, you can stop the, uh, the rot setting in. There's another one here. This is the 24-foot man-eater. And uh, this is uh, the Great White, who couldn't say no to a second helping. This is a Great White leaping out the sea uh, with a seal in his mouth. They're big, they're big boogers, aren't they, these ones here? And um, another one here, a teenager who has missed out after a university places blunder. And then they go to the papers and everything else. And there is this strange story of the, the bullies who tried to hang a boy of seven by saying, do you want to play a game? They'd thrown a noose around a tree. Apparently, they didn't, they didn't know him. The, the, the victim didn't know the boys at all, so they're trying to trace them. I mean, this is a game that could have gone horribly wrong. You remember, of course, the last bad abduction, John Venables and Robert Thompson, both ten, who abducted two-year-old uh, James Bulger and then tortured him and battered him to death. I mean, you can't imagine anything as evil as that. But uh, the, these bullies... Who, uh, who hanged this boy from a tree. Luckily, he was able to get himself free. But it, it could have had disastrous consequences. And that's the trouble. Kids start playing with other kids, and you don't know who they are, and you're not really sure what sort of uh, kids they are when they want to do stuff like, uh, like that. There's also a new thing. For anybody particularly overweight this morning, the latest fad in America is fat-burning lip balm. OK? The Americans will buy any old twaddle, I'm afraid, to lose weight, but they are a nation of clinically obese people. And this one has been attacked as a marketing ploy which preys on women's fears about gaining weight. It's been launched in America early this year. It's £4.95, so somebody's making a whole load of money. And they claim you put this balm on and apparently uh, you will lose weight. Well, of course, it's rubbish. The only way you can ever lose weight, there are no little fads, there are no diets, it's little and often an exercise. That's the only way to lose weight now. It's no good, you know, you can't take any magic diet things and lose, well, probably cocaine, I should imagine. It didn't seem to work for Kerry Katona. But generally speaking, those sort of drugs are the things that models will use to keep their weight off. Most other people will try anything they can get their hands on. So I'm quite sure there'll be people listening going, a slimming balm? You mean, you mean I can eat everything I want and I just put this balm on and all of a sudden the weight falls off? No, it doesn't, I'm afraid. No, it doesn't. It's a case of, you know, you can't just carry on eating and just put a lip balm on and apparently this works as an appetite suppressant. No, it doesn't. Johnny says, I normally buy my clothes at the Elton John's sale. A conservative dark blue suit is his trademark. Do you think Eamon Holmes will be selling his old suits? I don't know, actually. <laughs> Probably a great joke there. And Paul says, is Stella back from a holiday? And have they opened the Riverside Cafe? And she, yes, they have. They are back from their holes. And the Riverside Cafe is up. It has been for a, for a few weeks now. So if you want your good fry-up, there it is. You have to go down to Water Lane and go and have a word with, uh, with Stella and Tony, and they'll, they'll sort you out. That's it for this morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can podcast, and you can learn about podcasting, as I think we've now passed... I think two million something in download. So thank you for that. Uh, it's very cheap. From as little as two pounds a month, you can download just about everything on LBC. And brilliant it is too. Okay, so do that, and you can check out the pictures and have a look at the early pictures of the early LBC presenters and everything else. And we'll be back tomorrow to do it again. When being Wednesday, what do we do on Wednesday? Oh, there'll be the usual suspects in the papers. We shall we shall trawl through and find something that will get you going first thing in the morning. Oh, Steve Hargrave's here. Is he tomorrow? Oh, of course he's here tomorrow, isn't he? So that'll be good news. I'll leave you in the very capable hands of Nick Ferrari, who's with you next, here on LBC. The new and exclusive perfect range of 12...